0: On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Hearing God will take you on an exciting journey of growing in fellowship with Him and walking in His ways as you respond to His voice. Welcome to Hear and Obey. This is session two. Uh, Really excited about sharing with you about hearing God. I think this is so important. As I said in the very first session, I don't know if anybody doesn't wanna hear God. If you're hearing God, you wanna hear God better. Uh, and God wants to speak to us. He said, my sheep will hear my voice and they will follow me. So it's very important for us to talk about these things. Now, we've done this. This is a, one of our equipping series. I hope that you've had the opportunity to to review some of our other equipping series. Every equipping series, we talk about the importance of fully receiving the Holy Spirit. And I, I can't speak enough on that because was receiving the Holy Spirit in my life changed my life. It changed me, everything changed in my life. I grew up in church, but it was receiving the fullness of the Spirit that changed me. The Word of God came alive. I had a, uh, all of a sudden I realized there was a spiritual dimension that I was completely unaware of. I'd been taken captive by the enemy in a lot of areas I got set free in those areas. Uh, I, was, I was more empowered uh, just, to, it's just so much that happened to me. And that's why we share about why it's so important to, to fully embrace and to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, obviously, to hear God, you need to be born again. Uh, God is not speaking to the world. He speaks to his children. So he must be born again. But I think it's important to be baptized with the Spirit. And that's what this is, we're going to talk about today in the session. Because it's the Spirit that's actually speaking to us. When we talk about I, I get a word from God or I get a word from the Lord, it's the Spirit that's communicating. First um, John chapter five, it says that there's three in, in heaven that bear witness, and that's the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And there's three on earth. There is the water, and blood, and the Spirit. It is the Spirit's in both places. So it's the Spirit of God that is relating to us today and it's extremely important for us to understand how to fully embrace Him, receive Him, welcome Him, and, and allow Him to do what He wants to do in our life. So what He wants to do is our relationship is really with the Spirit. And so He wants us to, to know Him, Jesus Himself, and we'll look at that in a minute. He modeled for us how to live as a man empowered by the Spirit, living in a relationship with Father. So. He talked about, he only did what he saw the Father do and he only said what he heard him say. He said that the Spirit anointed him so he could go about doing the things that he did. And so it's the interchange with the Spirit of God that really changes everything in our life. Now, I'm gonna read a couple of verses here. Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, John chapter 14. And I wanna read uh, beginning in verse 16. It says, and I will pray to the Father and he'll give you another helper. They he may abide with you forever. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples in what we call the upper room discourse, probably the longest exchange we have of, of recorded of what Jesus said to them before he went to the cross. And what he's doing is he's introducing them to the Holy Spirit. And he's just saying, look, I'm gonna pray to the Father. He's gonna give you another. One means one just like me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. In the Spirit. And the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Isn't that amazing? I'll not leave you as orphans, I'll come to you. Wow. I mean, what a what a f- profound passage. It says that I, you know him. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Have you developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit? That's what it says. You'll know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. So, both situations there, Jesus is telling them, guys, it's getting ready. I'm getting ready to leave. It's going to be to your advantage. Then, in verse 26 of, of chapter 14 of John, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So again, we're talking about a relationship. When you have a relationship with someone, there's communication. Talked about that in the last session. So the Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus is saying, okay, guys, I'm getting ready to go. But when he comes, this is what's going to happen. Now, this is a rather lengthy passage, but I want us to read this. This is John 16. It's still a continuation of what Jesus is saying to his disciples that's getting ready to happen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. Now, let me just make a comment there. Can you imagine the disciples, put yourself in those disciples' shoes. They were There with Jesus and Jesus is talking to them and telling them all these things. Then he comes here and says, hey guys, let me tell you something. I gotta go. I got to go away. It's gonna be. It's, but it's to your advantage. <laughs> can you? Can you imagine if you were there? You, I'm sure those disciples are going. Uh, what? Our advantage? You got to be kidding me. You're, you're the Messiah. You're the one that's going to restore Israel to the glory days. You, you. We've seen the miracles. What? It's to our advantage. You go away. He goes. Yeah. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. Now, see. Jesus is so, he, he, of course, he, obviously he's God with us, but he knows all this and we're looking in the natural. We so do the same thing today. We don't understand what he's saying is, is look, I can only be in the flesh in one place at one time. He's chosen to limit himself to that, Jesus. He's saying, look, I got to go because when I go, then then I'm going to come back as spirit and I can live in you. So, not only will I just be beside a few of you, I'm going to be in all of you. not that amazing? So, what God is saying is, is that, wow we, have, wow, we have an advantage. We have an advantage because the Spirit of God, the living Almighty God, has chosen to live with us, live in us, to guide us, to direct us. It says here that He'll not leave us as an orphan. He's going to come to us. So, what amazing passage. And when He comes, He will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, because they don't believe in me. The truth is, is that that's the biggest sin there is, unbelief, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you don't see me anymore. You don't don't see what righteousness really looks like, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Wow, all of that's our advantage. When the Holy Spirit comes, that's what he's going to do. He's going to cause us to have, he's going to convict us of sin, He convicts the world, but he's also going to convict us. He's going to help us to understand that we've been made righteous, not that because we live righteous, but he made us righteous. And he's going to help us to understand that the ruler of this world, who for most of our lives we've been in bondage to, has been judged, and we have victory over him. I have many things to say to you, but you can't hear them now. However... Okay, you understand the transition here. He's saying, look, I, I've got a lot of stuff to tell you right now. You probably can't understand it, but listen to this. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he's gonna guide you into all truth. Isn't that amazing? Now, is that the truth? It says in John 8, that's gonna make me free? Probably, because see, the truth is not just words. It's, it's a person, it's Jesus. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears is, he will, te- he will speak, he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I've said he will take of mine and declare it to you. That amazing passage. I wanna encourage you, go back and look at this. He is the spirit of truth. Number one, it says he will guide you. Have you ever been, let somebody guide you? just like we talked about the sheep following the shepherd. That's what he's talking about. It's the relationship that we're to follow. He won't speak, communicate on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. Wow, what an advantage we have. We have, We have the Holy Spirit, God with us, living in us, to guide us, to direct us, to speak to us, to communicate to us. Is that not what this is? Is there any question that God says he wants to speak to us? Now, remember, we started in John 10 in the first passage, uh, first session, but he, he's speaking to us. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine. He will declare it to you. You can look all these words up in the Greek, and they all have to do with communicating. And so I just want to encourage you that that's what God wants. He wants us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is the one who's communicating to us. Now, I want to look at a couple of other passages. Romans chapter 5. And this is just a couple of verses here that uh, I want to look at. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We can look up passages of scriptures really for the next you know, twenty or thirty minutes about what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, Romans chapter eight, verse fifteen, so you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. That amazing. Not the spirit of fear. Not but you have received the spirit of adoption. What is what is that? What the Holy Spirit that makes the relationship so real. It's not just a head knowledge, I've believed in Jesus and I've received you as my Lord and Savior, but it's a revelation here that, wow, I'm a son. I've been adopted in the family of God. He didn't give us a spirit of bondage, but he's given us a spirit of adoption. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God, wow. What are we talking about? We're talking about, again, not just audible words, but we're talking about communication that's going on in us because of God's very presence by his spirit. That's what he wants to do. Um, turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm just picking a couple of selected scriptures here of all the things that God has spoken to us. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul's talking to the church at Corinth. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 9. As it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What he's saying there, he's he's saying, look, you don't get things by just natural seeing and hearing. In the natural, we're limited. We're limited to the things that we can see, the things that we can hear, the things we can smell, the things that we can taste, things that we can feel. That, that's what he's saying is, look, look. The things that God has prepared for us, it's not just in the natural realm. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For it's the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. I remember what I said a few minutes ago out of 1 John chapter five. It's the spirit that's in heaven. It's also the spirit that's on earth. It's the spirit that is our connector to the things of God. And he said the deep things of God For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Isn't that amazing? What he's saying here is that, look, I've got all these things for you. There's an unlimited resource-based because there is no limit to God. And he's saying, look, but these things are not revealed to your natural understanding. They're revealed by the Spirit. It's the Spirit that searches the deep things of God, and it's your Spirit, man, that he's relating to. So it's not anti-intellectual. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, wow, what are you, you know, we're not supposed to use our minds. No, but I'm talking about this beyond just your understanding. It's by the spirit and it's a spirit of revelation that God wants to do on our inner man. So again, we're talking about communication. Communication is not just in words that we hear, but it's in the spirit of God doing a work in our lives that like, wow, I know the love of the Father. I don't have to know all the scripture references or, or, or have an intellectual understanding, which I, I do need, but I'm, all of a sudden I've got a felt presence. That's communication. I need that. You need that. We need the presence of God. We need the love of the Father revealed to us, not just informationally, but revelationally. And that's what God wants to do. Now, this is 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 12. And this is about Elijah. You probably have heard this before, but it's a great passage. It said, he went into a cave, spent the night in the place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And so then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. and after the fire, a still small voice. interesting. Now why? I mean, was not that not God, the earthquake and the fire and, the, and all of the, the strong wind probably was. But what he's communicating here is, again, that he speaks in a still, small voice. Now, when, when I start talking more softly, you have to lean in to hear. And any kind of an intimate relationship is not based upon yelling and shouting at one another. An intimate relationship, you don't scream and shout. You, you don't have intimate conversation with someone out in the marketplace. No, you, you pull aside. And so the point here is what God is saying to us is that, look, him. I mean, God is so much greater than anything we can imagine. So yes, he can boom from heaven and yes, he can be in an earthquake. All those things are clearly can be God, but it's that still small voice. Why? Because God wants us to lean in. He wants us to lean in. He wants us to press in. He's not just, please hear me, He is not just about giving us information. He is not about giving us answers. We typically just want answers. He is not just wanting to give us answers. He wants us to listen to Him. That is not just a natural deal. It's a spiritual deal. It's by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us, speaks to us, he tells us things to come, he declares what he hears, he glorifies the Son, and it's the Spirit of God living in us that causes us to have that intimate relationship with him. That's why we keep talking about the importance of knowing the Spirit. It's so important. It's not something that is sort of a byproduct. It's not like something, no, you have to know him by the Spirit. Now, This is not in the manual. It's in most of our manuals, but let me just walk through this. Jesus' own example, this is Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22. It says that the Spirit of God came upon him after he was baptized, and the Father spoke from heaven, said, you are my beloved Son, and you are well pleased. So Jesus, our example of how to live as a man empowered by the Spirit, received the Holy Spirit. Chapter four says that he was filled with the Spirit and he was led by the Spirit. Later in that passage, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And then he goes into Luke 4, 18 and 19, where it says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. So Jesus himself modeled for us. He modeled for us how to live as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. And very clearly, he tells us, don't leave until you're endued with power. Now, think about that. Jesus told him, he said, this is my commission to you. I want you to go into all the world. I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them. I want you to teach them what I've taught you. Okay, we're ready to go. He says, "Mm," in Acts 1, he said, but don't go. (laughs) Don't go until you are endued with power from up on high. Why? you got to have the same thing I've got. You got to have the power of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who is God with us. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Father obviously is not here, but the Spirit is. So God Almighty by the Spirit is for us. So we need to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. Now, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out at the day of Pentecost. Um, There were signs, wonders, and And there was something going on there because they thought they were drunk. Acts chapter eight, uh, in Samaria, the Holy Spirit uh, came after the apostles came down, laid hands upon them, because it said up, up until then, Holy Spirit had not fallen upon any of them. Acts chapter 10, we talked about a little bit earlier, Cornelius was Gentile receiving the Holy Spirit. And basically the Holy Spirit fell upon them while Peter was still speaking. They questioned Peter, the Jews did, and said, hey, wait a minute. So then he responds in chapter 11 by saying, look, I'm innocent. All I'm, I'm just, I'm talking away and sharing. And then the Holy Spirit just fell upon them and same thing happened to them. It happened to us. And they were speaking in tongues and all this. And I mean, I I, I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. And so, but the pattern is the same. Life changes with the power of the Spirit. And if you've never had the life-changing power of the Spirit, uh, then we're going to pray here in just a minute. But we need to fully embrace, take all the restrictions off of the Holy Spirit. He's God, and He is God with us. Acts chapter 19 is the passage that God used in my own personal life. uh, Paul came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples, and he said, "Uh, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. He said, well, then what baptism were you baptized? And he said, in the Johns. He goes, oh. So obviously, there was something distinctly different that he encountered with these, these few people. And right off, he goes, something's not going on here. Did you guys receive the Holy Spirit? There is a distinction about receiving the Holy Spirit. There was a distinctive time in my life before and after. I'm not looking or chasing an experience. I'm talking about a changed life. Obviously, you get born again. There's a changed life. But God wants us to not stop with being born again. He wants us to continue to be empowered and continue to grow in relationship. That's really what he's called us to do. So it's so important for us to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. When he found out where they were, he said, okay, I know where you were. You've heard the message that there's a Messiah coming. He's come. His name is Jesus. And when they heard that, they received Jesus. They were baptized in water. And he says he laid hands upon them. They received the Holy Spirit. And they they spoke in tongues and prophesied. The point is, is that it's not about the manifestations of the Spirit from the standpoint of having to have some kind of evidence like that. No, if you've received the Holy Spirit, there's a changed life. That's what happens. God wants to fill you, empower you so that you can be who he's called you to be. And that's really what God wants to do. So you can look through, I encourage you to look through these scriptures. I wanna pray for you. I wanna believe that God wants to do a powerful work in your life right now. If you wanna hear God, it's by the Spirit. There's no other way. It's the Spirit who's communicating. It's the Spirit who relates to us. It's the Spirit who leads us, guides us, directs us. And and we've gotta learn how to really tune in to him. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about outside voices. I'm talking about the internal voice of a child of God that's been born again. If you've been born again, you're his sheep. He's your shepherd. You hear his voice. Father, we love you and bless you. and We thank you for your amazing love for us. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. That you would fill us up, and I pray that everyone that would listen to this would completely and totally yield to you and invite you, Holy Spirit, to come in. You're waiting. You're wanting to fill us. You want us to be a people that are empowered by your presence. You want to speak to us. You want to communicate to us. You're wanting us to tune in. You want us to be sons and daughters of God that that have the spirit of adoption, that knowing the love of the Father has been shed abroad in our hearts, that we, we have those, free, those things that have been freely given to us, that you, Holy Spirit, are continually working in us and through us and to us. Lord, we, we want to be filled. We ask you to fill us to overflowing. And just right there, wherever you are, you ask Him, invite Him, embrace Him. And you're welcome, Holy Spirit. You're welcome. I yield my life. It's really an issue of yieldedness. It's, a, it's an issue of yielding control. It's a desire to have him more than anything else. Worried about your how you look, how you act. I give all that up, Lord. I want you. I want your presence. I want your power. I want your amazing love. I want You, Holy Spirit to fill us from the tip of our toes to the top of our head. Now ask Him, ask Him right there where you are. You may be sitting someplace, you may be driving someplace, you may be uh, at home, maybe at the office, wherever, but just right there, there is no limit. You don't have to go to a church service. Say, Lord, I need you, I want you. I give my life to you and I yield my entire being to you. I wanna hear, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me, I want you to help me. You're my helper, comforter, strengthener. You're the Lord God. I yield to you and ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us up, all of us. If you've been filled, ask him to to fill you up. It says to be continually filled. It's a command. Don't be drunk with wine, but be continually filled. You can't get drunk with wine without drinking too much. So we need to be filled with the Spirit overflowing. Father, we love you. and We bless you. We thank you so much. And I thank you that we get the opportunity to hear you and to have a relationship with you. We love you. We bless you. And we just thank you now in Jesus name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.